Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and enjoy this visit with Dr. Gutstein and his inspiring words for us as parents in the coming year. It's only recently now that we see that here we talk, we're talking about you know, good parents, uh, normal parents who have the potential, good enough, I guess is the word I'd like to use, parents who have the potential to provide the guiding, and yet are unable to provide this. And we're starting to see studies that show that these normal parents, the way they now start to parent their autistic children becomes different and different, more different and more different as the months go on even before the child is diagnosed, they are really unable to do intuitively what you can do with a typically developing child. Why? Because the child isn't providing you what you need to guide. That research is becoming stronger and stronger. It hasn't yet been linked in, in, the, in the research area, in the ASD area, with the, the, uh, the, uh, what we call the downstream or the later impairments. But there's a clear association, in my mind at least, that I think you can demonstrate. Because there's also research that shows that this disruption or this deviance in, the, in relationship or this lack of ability of parents to be able to effectively guide continues. It's not just something in infancy. It continues, as you would expect, through childhood and adolescence. Right? You know, they're not naturally recovering from this. Right? And so what happens is that the, those hundreds and thousands of hours that typically developing children, right, accrue or obtain or participate in to develop the theory of mind and the awareness of themselves and the awareness of emotion in themselves and others and the ability to reflect on their experience, the ability to project them to the future. They don't have it. They don't get the benefit of those hours, right? So, the, so what we can conclude is how, why would we expect someone who didn't get the benefit of those hours, those hundreds and thousands of interactions, to be able to have these balance tools. Well, our conclusion, and I think it's a very sound research-based conclusion if you look at the research, is that these impairments that we see now are central, are critical, are directly obstructing the quality of life of people with ASD, are a direct result of their inability to benefit from a guiding relationship. Right? We have very nice research that shows us that that's not developing, that it needs to develop for these things to happen. And lo and behold, here's a population who has been deprived of a guiding relationship. And guess what? These impairments cripple them in life. So rather than thinking of these as intrinsic somehow to these people with autism, like you're born with the inability to have a theory of mind, you're born with the ability, inability to be aware of yourself, you're born with all those things. It makes a lot more sense if you look at the data, if you look at what we've seen, to say, no, what really is the problem is that they're not provided through nobody's fault with the opportunities, thousands and thousands of hours of opportunities, starting in infancy, that typically developing children are able to obtain in a guiding relationship. Research is very strong there. But yet, there seems to be a, 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 a... lack of awareness that we can do much, much more for these people, that this is not inherent. This is not being someone with ASD does not mean you can't do these. It's not, 
these are not symptoms of ASD. They're indirectly symptoms of ASD because they're uh, symptoms of impairments of ASD. They're impairments of being cut off from a loving relationship, right? And then if we can, if we, if we see that, if we, if we start with that premise, right, that opens up a huge new door for providing people opportunities. And of course, that's what we've seen with RDI, that we can provide opportunities for people with ASD to become aware of themselves and others, to learn from their prior experience. The, the emphasis we've had on dynamic intelligence has really been an emphasis on giving children, adolescents, adults, we, and their families with ASD, giving them the tools now to be able to extract, to be able to learn from their experience, to organize it, to use it, to help them prepare and plan for the future. It's been dramatic in the way they feel, in the way that their sense of agency, their sense of effectiveness in the world, their sense of um, being becoming aware of their own emotional life. Um, it's been dramatic, it's been tremendous. And so we know we can provide a guiding relationship for pretty much any child and parent who's willing to engage with us. It doesn't matter about the child's impairment, level of discipline, it doesn't matter. And we can provide the opportunity for this type of growth, this type of mental and emotional growth for any child up to the point of that, you know, each child's going to have different limitations and such, but we can provide much, much more. Um, that, that's the awareness I, I hope that we all can provide. It's a very strong, you know, we talk about something being research-based. We have to move away from just thinking something is research-based because there's a double-blind study of randomized controls or whatever. Most of those studies of randomized controls have an outcome that is irrelevant to anything. But research-based also means that there's research evidence to support changing the way we look at this, changing the way we approach this, right? And there's a very, very strong research base for this that we all should be acquainted with. And that's looking at typical development. So there's three areas. If we look at the what we call the downstream impairments that are universal, the children, adolescents, adults with ASD, that no matter what your other abilities are, limitations, these are handicapping, these are things that are not developing. If we look at those, if we look at the work that's being done with infants and toddlers who are not yet diagnosed, and look at the disruption that's occurring in the interaction with parents, even though the parents are capable people, we look at that. And then third, we look at typical development, and we look at how these things require a guiding relationship. <laughs> scores and scores of studies, this is not, you know, it just on theory of mind alone, I have over 50 studies demonstrating the direct link between the guiding relationship and, and theory of mind development. And so if you take away the guiding relationship, why would you ever expect, why would you be surprised to see that people with ASD have a deficit in theory of mind? It's, it's, it should be obvious, right? It's research-based. I think it's, it's, it's important that we try to create that linkage. That's the awareness I'm hoping that we can provide through what we're doing um, for, our, for our larger community. That I think will make a difference in what we do. It, it, to redirect our emphasis to providing those experiences for people with ASD, whether they're you know, certainly starting as early as possible, but at any age, and providing parents with the resources, which we try to do, to be able to 
develop a mindful guiding relationship, knowing that that intuitive relationship through no fault of their own, it didn't develop and, and isn't going to develop, that they have to be mindful that we have to help them to look at the particular child and what they need to actively participate in that relationship. That's my hope for awareness this year. <laughs> and thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.